This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. James. James. (laughs) Just give me five more minutes. It's so warm and pleasant. And I have a hangover, I think. There's a surprise waiting for you, love. A surprise? For me? (laughs) Don't open your eyes just yet. Just smell. Mm, Tempting, but I fell for this one too many times as a child, and I don't... Oh, that smells heavenly. Bacon, cooked to a crisp, and scums with cheddar and freshly minced chives. What did I do to deserve all this? You tried. That's all that matters. That does sound like a just reward, but Archie, what attempt is it exactly that you're celebrating me for? The Crimea Jewels, Sarah Fletchley, being a detective. Well, I could argue those were successes, not attempts. Making dinner, enjoying opera, investing in people and not just products. I'm sorry, are you saying these are things I've tried to do and failed? Making a home. Being supportive of others, being a good person. Ah! Uh, Bacon's getting a touch unwieldy. Don't you think maybe you should... Being someone worth rooting for. Okay. (coughs) Okay. Archie, while adorable, it's not... (coughs) This isn't funny anymore. Why is there so much smoke in the flat? Oh, sweet James, this is a dream. You're just hearing what you want to hear. (laughs) Why the fuck would this be what I want to hear? Wake up, James. Wake up. Wake up. <laughs> what kind of metaphorical nonsense? Wake, Wake up, James. James. Up, James. Oh my James. god. What? James. 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 Son of a... Hampton. Finally. Sorry about the slap, but we've got to get out of here. Got to get out of... What? There's a lava pit opening up at an alarming rate beneath the floor. We just found out we were lied to by Sarah, and we both look like we're attending the cheapest orgy in Soho. And these are all reasons that you want to live? They're not reason enough to want to die. Come on. Oi, Dick! Find your way to the cage door! Madge! Thank God you're okay. Oh, happy I'm alive. Now get the fuck out of there! We're locked in. Oh, fucking course we are. We'll have to find another way. <laughs> Hampton, please tell me you shot that bullet to break the lock with a gun I didn't know you had. No, but I did. Now follow me. Fox and Stallion by Ian Gears and Lauren Grace Thompson. Part 8. The Case of the Hard Truth.
Are you all right? Cold, but alive. I just crawled through a fucking sewer to escape an underground fight club ring, but otherwise... Right. Hampton? Fine. Good. Well, list... Where did you get a gun? From my bustle. Keep it there for safekeeping. And why do you even need one? My work shift ends at two in the morning and I like walks by myself. Now, look, I'm not trying to... How could you not tell us? I... It it wasn't personal. I, I just... I think you've done more than enough. Hampton, Madge, let's go home. James. If you just give me a minute to explain, I swear... Oh, I'm sure you can, and I'm sure it'll be exactly what we want to hear. However, I've had enough of almost getting killed for what you haven't been telling us for one night. And I can explain all of that. Wonderful. Where would you like to start? How you lied to us from minute one? How you came to us to solve a case you yourself perpetrated? How you made us look like fools in front of the entire city so you could save your mum from your mistake? You know what, you can spare us the explanation because I think you've made yourself incredibly clear. I'm not proud of it. No, nor should you be. Must have been very inconvenient, desperately needing a detective to help you right when Sherlock Holmes leaves town. Or perhaps not that inconvenient at all. Because you knew, didn't you? You knew they were out of town. You said you work at the Flag and Staff. Evening shift, that's... Martha's favourite pub. Shit. Yeah, it sounded familiar. So, you overheard from their landlady that Holmes and Watson were out of town on a case, saw the opportunity to carry out a job for your former employer... A job that paid handsomely, I might add. A job with no collateral damage, when the best detectives in London would be conveniently out of town and no one else would have a chance at solving the case. Especially us. I know it sounds bad, but if you'd only let me explain, there is so much... Yes, well, it doesn't really matter now, does it? So I says to the f***ing, unless you can show me a true-to-life ghost or ghoul, don't ever call it a spirit round me again. You get it, yeah? Yes, wonderful story. I'm so glad I heard it so many times. Now, good... James? Hampton? Is that you? Is that... Archie, down here! James Hampton, look, I swear. James, what in blazes are you doing? Right, mask, shorts. More questions. Where to begin? Um, we get it, stallion. You have long legs and a firm posterior. We're all jealous. Now put them away before I arrest you for public indecency, eh? He won't, he won't do that. You won't do that. This is Sarah Fletchley. She stole the Crimeria family jewels from Jonathan Crimeria, not her mother. James! James, what are you talking- Don't believe me? Question her. Ask her about her involvement with the hammer or some other, some such. Hell, inquire inside as to how she was fired for stealing from the patrons and institution of the Admiral's shanks. Right. Mum, is there any validity to these accusations? Why don't you believe me? I'm telling you clear as shit on a serving tray, aren't I? It's not that I don't believe you, Mr. Stallion, it's just... We've been looking into another suspect, and quite frankly, Miss Fletchley here doesn't fit the profile. Okay, right. So? So our word isn't worth anything? Who have you been looking into? The bloody Pope? The banker! Mr. Hastings, or at least the false identity used to infiltrate the Crimea house. There was no record of him at Bovary and Sons when we rang them up. No no offence, Inspector, but that's all confidential police business. It's It's fine. fine! That was me. Sarah. My mum's innocent, Inspector. I nicked the key from Miss Sazerac at the Admiral Shanks this past Wednesday night, used it to steal the jewels Thursday, 
and left it in the library where I thought she'd find it immediately after. This morning I returned the jewels disguised as the banker. I know there needs to be a head on a pike and I'd rather it be mine than my mum's. Fletchley. And to be honest, I probably didn't even need the key. They say it's a special chest that needs a special key, but really it's just a chest and I have no problem breaking into those. I can break into this flat right here. See, it's not hard. It's not easy. Inspector, please. Take me in and let my mum go. Not how I thought this night would end. So, Miss Fletchley, I'm afraid you're going to have to come with us. I arrest you in the name of... Yeah. Thanks, Inspector. I'll understand. Jesus, are neither of you going to stop this? I can't... Congratulations, Inspector Cartwright. I believe we've solved your first case. I don't know about that. We caught the mum. They are related. That's like 50%. Right. James Hampton, Madge, will be following up on the details of this later, but for now, thank you for your civil service. All in a day's work for Fox and Stallion. Right. Well, put some pants on, please. It is still England. Sarah, I... For what it's worth, Hampton, I really am sorry. Easy on the cuffs, there's a gun in my bustle. Now you're going to hide a gun in there and it not hurt. Just don't make sense. Do you want me to say? Ew. <laughs> I think I got it. Well, that turned out to be a pretty convenient ending to a pretty terrible... Right, I'm going home. Hampton. Oh, come on. Are you serious? The only thing I'll be coming on to is Baker Street. When I get home in about 20 minutes. Hampton. Hampton, will you wait just a goddamn minute? No! Maybe you should just leave this one. I'm still having a hard time seeing how any of this is my fault. Maybe, and I'm just spitballing here, it's because you had our client arrested in the street. What are you talking about? The case is solved. Sarah stole the jewels. She admitted it. In front of a room full of people and the police. Plus, she almost got us killed while she was at it. And in these outfits, mind you. She saved our lives. I don't understand why I'm the bad guy here. We, we solved the case. It's done. Oh, he's coming back. Right. Actually, no, we didn't. What are you talking about? We didn't solve the case, James. Scotland Yard arrested Sarah. Scotland Yard solved the case. Right, but we turned her over to Scotland Yard. Not Holmes and Watson, us. So we'll chalk it up to a mulligan and get the next one. There is not going to be a next one, James. We've been here for almost five years, and Sarah's the first person to walk through our door. Are we supposed to wait five more years until Sherlock Holmes falls off a fucking cliff before a boot black turns up to ask us who stole his shine box? Hampton, I know you're distressed that this didn't turn out how you wanted, but that doesn't mean all hope is lost. Sarah's mother will walk free. And that's great for her. But what about us? We used to be the laughingstock of Baker Street. Now we're the laughingstock of the criminal underworld and Baker Street. That's assuming Baker Street was even aware of us at all. Even worse! We just blew our anonymity. The perfect starting place. All we had to do was get one case right and we would have been on the map. And do you know what is the most fantastically, idiotically ridiculous part of all of this? You solved it! You! James fucking Stallion solved the mystery. The man who has single-handedly half-assed his way through this entire case. Through this entire friendship, really. The fuck? Using our flat as storage for your ridiculous, asinine investments. 
We don't even have room for a table tennis table, let alone the boxes upon boxes of toilet paper and wax cones. Are They're wax cylinders and they are the future. Right, the future of audio storytelling, which has fuck all to do with us. Admit it, those investments are the only thing you've doubled down on since we met, because it certainly wasn't us or our business. You certainly weren't investing in me. Only turning up when it's convenient. Perfunctory disguises. Abandoning us for, 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 for the date night. Uh, well, excuse me for having a healthy work-life balance. What work? The most work you've ever done since arriving in London was getting hit by that carriage! You seem to forget I got hit by that carriage saving your ass! You act like this is all a bloody joke, and then you wonder why people treat you like a joke! Well, I'm the fucking joke that solved the case, which is more than you can say. <sighs> right. It's late. I'm going back to my flat to have a long bath, a stiff drink, and go to bed. Do whatever the hell you want. Madge, this was a good thing. We did our job. I'm not crazy, right? Sure. I hope you sleep well, James. Ah, fuck this. Suspect list. Oscar, Sazerac, who gives a puff? The banker, just another reminder of my failures of deduction. Once again, winner. Everyone else, loser, me. Again. Ambrosius. Oi, you're not gonna... Oh, come on. Hey, hey, hey. Oi, dickhead. Didn't even greet Ambrosius. Have you no heart? Hello, Ambrosius. Five years. Five years we've known each other, and James just throws every bit of hard work we've put into this partnership down the drain. I really thought we were on the same page all this time. Our big opportunity comes, and it's just... Nothing. It's always nothing, Madge, every time. And it's just... I mean, doesn't it bother you? God, of course it must. You're married to him. What am I even saying? You know, I think he genuinely has no clue how he comes off. Permanent smirk on his stupid face. Flashy clothes and he knows damn well we're supposed to be incognito every single time. We should approach every situation as if we could go undercover at any minute. I could be undercover right now. You wouldn't know. Sure. Exactly. And that's what's just so frustrating about this whole thing. That he didn't dress right. It's indicative of the larger flippancy. Yes, he doesn't care. That's what I'm getting at. He doesn't care whether we actually solve anything. He comes on this case. He humors me like I'm a child to be swaddled. And then he runs off to his real life of parties and operas and, and being rich and in love. He has all of it, right? You don't ever hear Sherlock Holmes talking about rubbing elbows with the queen at some, some great gala or anything. He's solitary. He's focused. Because there's always work to be done. Always a case to solve. A, 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 a rock overturn and, oh, look, a clue, you know? No. Yeah. Yeah, right. No one does. And that's the point. No one knows. No one knows why we're doing any of this. We're all just reaching around in the dark, waiting for someone to tell us we did a good job and we can keep doing whatever this is and getting assurance we're not wasting our time for the rest of our lives. That's all this is. You know what I hate most about James? 
how selfish he is. Oh. Yes. This is good. I like this. It's like you do everything you can to just step back and put him in a position where he can just hear himself, but nothing. Yes. Absolute echo chamber of self-awareness. Couldn't say it better myself. Oh, my God. It's you, you thick twat. I'm talking about you. You. What? Me? But how does that make sense? Why are you angry with James? I... Uh, but, but, please keep your answer under ten words. Because he ruined our only chance at solving an actual case. Wait, why are you angry with me? Because you haven't mentioned Sarah's name once in this whole conversation and she's going to hang for it. All right, James. This night is salvageable. Nothing that a bath and a drink and a cig can't fix. You put tobacco in the middle and you roll it all up and you press down the... And it's in the tub. Fuck. You put tobacco in the middle and you roll it all... Oh, fuck! You put tobacco in the middle and you... I don't believe in karma. I do not believe in karma. Ah, there you are, James. I thought you'd already gone to... What have I told you about smoking in the house? And just smoking in general? I don't know what you're talking about. Do you smell smoke? What's all that in the bathwater then? Tea. Tea. Yes, tea. It's a tea bath. You've never had a tea bath before, Archie? They're all the rage in the standard. Oh, how could I be so ignorant? I don't know. Sounds like a you problem. Okay. Love? What's up? With me? Nothing. Why? I'm great. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Great. So great. Good. Excellent. Right. Make room. Inspector, I know you think... No, 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 no. Make way. Ladies and gents. Grown man taking off his boots and getting into the bath. Now. Okay, legs. Watch the... Oh, Christ. James is freezing. Huh? It was hot when I drew it. Are all tea baths this cold? What the hell is a tea bath? Right, I think you've had enough of this. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Jim stays here. Maybe it's time for an alternative beverage. I hear there's tea around. Okay, don't belittle me. I'm not belittling you. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. All right, yes, I am. Just a bit. And maybe I have, the past few days, been, well, a bit of an arse to you. We just keep ending up in this circle of apologizing. Me saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing. And God, if that isn't just my life right now. So I'm sorry. I don't like what these days have made me either. It doesn't matter. It's over anyway. Yes, I suppose it is. Archie, I think I made a mistake. Madge, she did it.
Yeah, Hampton, I suppose she did. She lied to us. Yeah, that too. We... we solved the case. We did what she came here and asked us to do. No, she asked us to save her mum. In the end, it seems like she's the one who did that, really. But she also stole the jewels and admitted it. She's been double-dealing with the dastardly... Don't you dare alliterate. I'm trying to have a serious conversation with you. Here, maybe you'll respond to questions since it gives you more opportunities to hear yourself talk. Do you think it's fair to grow up in neighbourhoods people like us take the piss out of? Or work three jobs to barely feed you and your mum? Well, I... I've never been in that position before, so I can't say. Let's say, as an exercise, that you have. And suddenly, an opportunity arises for a bit more cash, with a bit less effort, that won't in the slightest affect anyone who'll notice or even suffer a little. You wouldn't take that? Because I suspect you would. Madge, this is all speculation. We don't know anything about her. It could have all been a lie. Right, because speculation has never led to a correct deduction before. I spent all afternoon with her, dress shopping, and you know how I feel about that. And we talked about her, her life, her, her mum. And big surprise, as it turns out, that woman is more than a thief or a ticket to fame or whatever other simplification you want to throw on her. And Look, all I'm saying is finding the culprit of a crime isn't the same as finding a criminal. Do you not? Is none of this getting through to you at all? Fine. Let's say, for the sake of speculation, I go along with you. So what? She had some debt? Where do you think she got those debts? She stole, Madge. She worked for the hammer, nicking money and jewellery and God knows whatever else for years. I'm not daft. One time's excusable, maybe, but twice and you're just a thief. All right, so by that logic, you didn't solve this case. If you don't solve the next one too, does that make you a failure? That's different. How is it different? Because my failing doesn't hurt anyone. Hampton! I think we both know that's not true. You said, no, James, you can't solve this mystery. You're not smart enough, and I just spiraled. No, I didn't. But I did it. I solved it. And yes, sure, I did it to shove it in your face and prove to myself that I could do something other than day drink and look fantastic while day drinking, but also, also for Hampton. He wanted to solve something. We solved something. It's not my fault she was conning us from under our noses, right? Well, no. And even though I solved it, I just feel horrible. I mean, I don't even want the reward for it, so why do I still feel like shit? But we don't give a reward for this sort of thing, so... Right! So... Wait, you don't? N no. So, not only are you getting the credit for solving the case, but you'll also get our payment? What payment are you... James, there's no payment. I get my salary. I get it whether I solve the case or not. But I can... I don't, I don't know, take you to a museum or something? I don't want a museum. I want compensation. Financial... Monetary compensation. That's not how it works. You get assigned a case. You solve the case or you don't. After a certain amount of time, they really stop caring. You get assigned another case. Crime doesn't stop, James. But you can make a dent. We made a dent, right? It just feels empty. 
Does it always feel like this? Maybe for some people, no. A lot of the people I work with, definitely not. But I don't think I'm one of those people. And I pray to whatever sort of God exists, you aren't either. Christ, I hated Scotland Yard when we first met, remember? I hated the way they acted. I hated the way they went about their business. Hell, I still hate how terrified I am of what they might mean for us. For our life together. But after I solved that whole fiasco at the baking competition, I thought, oh, maybe I can fix this. Maybe I can do it right. So what if the work environment is terrible? And I don't agree with 99% of the other officers. And I hate every second of being in that putrid building. But what else am I supposed to do? I'm not Sherlock Bloody Holmes. I joined Scotland Yard because... I don't know. Because I thought maybe all they needed to get back on the right path was someone like me. And not just in the streets, but on every case, every process, every bit of paperwork. I just wanted to do it right. And on my first day, my first day, I was the one who committed the largest injustice, just so I could keep my place there. I went through what I thought were the proper channels. And I was wrong. So maybe... I don't know, maybe you and Madge and Hampton have the right idea. You said it yourself, no one would have believed us anyway. Archie, you didn't even believe we could do this. James, look at me. When we first met, I saw this man in a flashy coat and a hand-me-down ascot, and I knew, I just knew, this man can do absolutely anything he sets his mind to. And fortunately for me, that night, what he happened to have his mind set on was me. <laughs> it was technically the tea cakes you baked for the party. Noted. Now the point being, I would not love you the way I do if I didn't think you could do anything in the world. I just thought that this time... You may have been doing it for the wrong reasons. We really mucked this up, didn't we? <laughs> yes, we did. And now, you and Hampton are going to have to make it right. Oh, but... And if no one else believes you, you'll just have to make your case so well that they'll have to. That's... What Holmes does. Right, where are you off to now? I don't know, but I can't be expected to sit around here ruminating on interpersonal, partner-based disappointments. I need to be out in the field, journaling about how no one believes in me or ingesting over-the-counter narcotics. That's what Holmes does. Do you remember how we met? Of course, I remember how we met, Madge. I'm a detective. Every detail of my life is stored away in a corresponding file cabinet in my mind where it may be used for future reference. Why do you ask? All right. Pretend my mind is a mucky old warehouse of horse shit. Tell me about it. Well, for the sake of this exercise, I'm, um, uh, 
It was that winter Miss Witherbottom's toffee biscuits went missing from the Christmas Day potluck. St. Aloysius, I was seven. You were ten, I believe. Sounds about right. I was taller than the year twelves, though. I remember that. That's right, you were. And I recall everyone thought you'd stolen the biscuits because of that incident where Miss Weatherbottom told you girls couldn't go to college. You called her an uneducated swill bucket who only got her job by sleeping with the chaplain. She made me do all the washing for the church for a year. Old twat. And I told them there was no way you'd done it because I'd noticed, through seeing you at the potluck every year, that you never touched the toffee biscuits. You preferred the chocolate ones. And why wouldn't you? They're more popular, they're objectively better, their disappearance would cause a much larger uproar, and you clearly weren't the type to do things halfway. And of course, as usual, no one believed me. But then you pulled me aside after the service and told me that we were going to prove your innocence. And they'd all look like inbred cowpilchers for doubting us. My insults were so much more specific then. Everyone thought it was the funniest thing they'd ever seen. Two precocious kids playing detective, interviewing adults like we were the police. Oh, great for us. Must have been so annoying for them. But then we found a trail of biscuit crumbs leading from the back door of the church. The door only accessible by the altar boys, which significantly narrowed our suspect list. And I deduced that from that list that only one of them had the motive and love of mediocre biscuits to commit the crime. Johnny Maxwood. Johnny fucking Maxwood, who, that very day, ripped a fart during mass so hard that he'd actually shit his robes and run off to the woods to live life as a hermit to avoid the humiliation. And, since the biscuits had been kept in the back room to cool before the potluck, they would have been directly in his path to escape and start his hermit life anew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had no fucking clue who Sherlock Holmes was, or the Times, or the Standard. We just knew that we did something. We were good at it. But let's be honest, we probably saved Johnny Maxwood from freezing to death in that makeshift tree trunk he called the cabin. And at the very least, you saved me from another six months of laundry duty. That may be, but it's quite a far cry from saving someone from the gallows. All right, sure, it ain't exactly comparable, but... Madge, there are just certain expectations of what detectives should do and be, and how people see them. What we were doing back then in Ashford, it was great, but it isn't enough to make a difference anymore. Not enough to be famous, you mean? You know what? I suppose I do. Is it so wrong to want recognition for the things we do? No, it's not. But can I ask you, in this whole fantasy Sherlock Holmes roleplay you've got going on. Where do I fit in? I get it. You're Sherlock Holmes, eccentric detective with a penchant for only caring about himself. James is Watson, dashing, athletic in an absolute sham of a marriage. What does that make me? Because once upon a time, we were partners. And somewhere along the way, I think I just became your landlady. Uh, it's not like I meant to. I just... Look, long and short of it, Hampton. You are not Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, got that, thanks. And I think that's fucking brilliant. He's a genius, sure, but he's also kind of a dick. He's almost always high on 
I don't know, I guess it's morphine now, and he's absolutely ruined Deerstalkers for the rest of us. You will never be him, the good or the bad. And we're wasting our time trying to shove ourselves into their story when that story has never made room for people like us. So fuck them. And fuck that. Why can't we just help people? Who can we even help, Madge? Sarah didn't come to us for help. She came to us because she chose the one weekend Holmes and Watson weren't home to commit a robbery because she knew no one else in town could solve the case. And it backfired on her. She was stuck with us. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately for her, she's still stuck with us. So what are we gonna do about it? I... What can we do about it? Sarah admitted to the crime. She was the banker. She stole the jewels. For God's sake, she returned the jewels. Who does that? Returns to the scene of the robbery to return counterfeits of the thing she stole. Unless... She didn't, did she? Right. Fuck. There's obviously more to this, right? Why return the jewels if she knew they would just be discovered as fakes? Maybe she panicked? She thought we wouldn't check? No, no. Sarah is smart, and more than that, she's practical. If she returned those jewels, she knew they'd be checked. And she was genuinely surprised that they were fake when we told her. She went to the Admiral's shanks with a mission then. Why? I returned empty-handed to the criminal's den where you were hired. Why risk us discovering the truth? What does your gut say, Detective? The only explanation is... that she didn't know they were fake. She was set up the whole time! Whoever hired her intended for her to take the fall for the theft, while they made away with the actual jewels! Her mother was just collateral damage. It was always supposed to be Sarah. Oh, my God! I need to sober up and get over to Madge and Hamptons. There he is. Sarah's innocent, right? Right. Fuck, James, great job on that. Well, I suppose it's a good thing I didn't take her into the station then. What? Already made that mistake once, thanks. Didn't fancy making it again. But how? I told McMurphy Scotland Yard was closed on Sundays. You know, for the Lord and all. She's staying in his guest room. I only bought us till the morning, but I have faith. <laughs> Are you coming with? I'll go over to check on her and make sure McMurphy isn't trying out his one-man good cop, bad cop routine he keeps boasting about. I'm afraid this is all you, love. You should probably put some clothes on, though. Yes, good call. I'm going to clothe myself, sober up, then head off to Baker Street, because Archie, my dear, there are more games to foot. Oh, and Inspector. Yes, Detective? The moustache is starting to work. I know. All right then, Hampton, let's go. I'll get my coat, then we'll find James and get to work. Oh no, there's no need for James here. We can solve this one on our own. You and me, Hampton and Madge. You just said it. Why wait around for someone who doesn't even want to be here? Didn't think I put it quite like that. No. We solve this without James, and we show him exactly what he deserves. God damn it, I'm so energized, I'm not even cold at. Ha <laughs> ha! I stand corrected, wind. Thank you. Hello? 
Right. Creepy street. Classic creepy street. Oh, good sweet galloping fuck. What was that? Uh, hello? Sir? Are you alright? I want to be completely transparent, even though I have the card, I do not know CPR, so... I know you. No, no, don't speak if it's going to be too difficult. I... George. Is that right? George Kensington from the Admiral's Shanks? James Stallion, I met you before. Gave you a shilling for a compliment? What happened to you? Yes? I know I said you could relax before, but if this is the difference between imperative information coming out too late, or just in time to save both of us, I'm going to need you to spit it out, George! The... 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 Go! The... Oh, God. It's you. Fox and Stallion is written and directed by Ian Gears and Lauren Grace Thompson. This episode was sound designed by Sarah Wojcinski and original music was composed by Baldemar. This episode featured Jeremy Thompson as Hampton Fox, Chris Visaraga as James Stallion, Katie McLean Hainsworth as Madge Stallion, Sean Fouch as Archie Cartwright, Lauren Grace Thompson as Sarah Fletchley, Ian Gears as Constable McMurphy, and Daniel Milhouse as George. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr at 224bbaker, or on our website, 224bbaker.com. Join us next time for our finale, Part 9, The Case of the Flockton Street Finale. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. I'm Jonathan Pezza, the creator of the Curious Matter Anthology. And I'm betting you've probably never heard anything like our show. adapt stories from authors like Philip K. Dick, Andre Norton, and Robert Block into binaural audio movies that transport you to new worlds. Hey, get him out of here! That's it? You're banned for life? Twitching Braxians lasers. Seriously. Told you downtown was a bad idea. In our brand new season, we explore farther into the what-ifs. You think, in these instances, that somehow simply by believing things are different, they changed. Doubt. I don't follow. I doubt something, and um, they don't change, per se. They cease to ever have been. We delve deeper into the realms of horror and science fiction. Nerves of steel, boys. James, sir. 
Please. There's no need for this. I do not believe that whatever that is can understand you. Robert, I know you are in there somewhere. If you are, we are... I made it through the barrier! It's got all of me! It's dragging him out! Damn! Beast! Just get to my knife! Available wherever you listen to podcasts. So sit back, grab your popcorn, and listen to the Curious Matter Anthology today.